Welcome in. You have found the fastest growing podcast for the food and beverage industry. It's Winning at Work. I'm Tony Moore, expert headhunter, semi-professional podcaster, and each and every week I'm interviewing CEOs, founders, and executives of the fastest growing food and beverage companies on planet Earth. I want to know what makes their brands and their companies different, better, special. My totally awesome brands featured here take us deep into the world of the good for you category, functional beverages, beer and wine, food tech, Nutritech, food as medicine, sustainability, recycling innovations, and the CBD and hemp world. If you want to learn how to build a brand and scale a brand, I've got you covered. You can subscribe to this on iTunes, on Spotify, which I prefer. You can follow me on LinkedIn. And I'm on Instagram at different, better, special brands. Now, what do I do? What's my day job? Well, I help companies attract talent. So when your organization is struggling to attract talent, give me a call. I'll share with you what makes my system different, better, and special, and why we're so effective. All right, enough about all that. Let's get into today's episode. All right, welcome to Winning at Work. We're going to do something a little bit different today. We are bringing back Thaddeus for another round. We're just going to call this like the the lightning round. I was just thinking this could be like TNT. <laughs> I like that, Tony. I like that. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, it's great. Uh, the the uh, the four people that listened really said that you did a great job. <laughs> Is that the feedback that you got from the four? Are you sure it was that many? Well, two commented negatively. So, but I mean, for the most part, we got four, you know, responses on social media. Wait, did my mom listen in? Is that what was happening? (laughs) I think your mom twice, your dad once, and my daughter. So, all right. Well, that's good. um, Listen, there's just so much going on in the world of business. I know you've gone through a strategic job change, and I wanted to kind of, you know, kind of pick your brains into that a little bit. And there's some interesting news out there as well. So, let's start with, you know, last time you were with me, right? You were VP over uh, food, food service, right? It's Amazon. Right. So you've gone through this strategic change. Why? Yeah. So um, I was doing some consulting work for several months and um, really focused on plant-based space and, but also opening myself up to other opportunities. It's kind of like that, uh, that halfway point in your career or maybe even my life. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> might be might, might be less than half. Who knows? But, we don't date ourselves. You oh, just said half. Half of what? Exactly. Um, and and so I really wanted to open myself up to several opportunities. And I was looking at anything under the sun. I mean, I looked at owning my own my own publication here locally in La Jolla. Uh, I looked at plant based jobs, and I was uh, helping a friend sell hair of the dog vodka at one point, which was really fun. It just kind of like got my mind wrapped around what I want to do again. And then out of the blue, I got a text message from an old colleague of mine at Gardein. And it literally was like a short text message that says, Hey, do you know anyone that wants to build a food service business from the ground up? And I just texted back one word, me. And (laughs) I just kind of got excited about it. And I think it was within two weeks I was hired on as vice president of food service at the Mochi Ice Cream Company, also known as My Mochi, the brand. I love your website, by the way. I'm going to attempt this tongue twister, and I'm gonna I'm gonna mess it up. <laughs> Go for it. 
Have you done it? Can you say it perfectly? We so we have so so my mochi is all about texture, uh-huh. which is like the blend of the of the chewy dough and the creamy ice cream. So we take two words and we put them together. But I want you to try to say it. <laughs> well, it's my mochi is a miraculous match of magnificent mochi dough with marvelously mouthwatering ice cream. But if you had to describe it with one word, it'd be mmm. These mind blowing mouthfuls come from master mochi makers who methodically mix and meld the mushy mochi with milky melty ice cream. The result, a majestic marriage of mesmerizing flavors that'll make you say more. Yeah, and we use terms like disquisitiveness. Okay, so you were thinking I was going to say something different. I thought you were going to say something like that. I missed that. I missed no, that. No, this part, is like the whole. Yeah, this is like, like this. the whole mantra. No, no, no. I, I, I didn't know where you were on the website, but, um, but no, it's. Uh, so it's you take two sweet. words and you mush them together. Yeah, just like we do with dough and ice cream, and so you can chew your ice cream. It's a great snack, um, but it's really what a fun they, product, though. I, I seriously, it's just super fun. Yeah, and I kind of, I kind of looked at where I was in my career, and everybody, you know, everything I'd been working on was so serious all the time, right? Like, I think we talked about it a little bit with the space that I was in, and just like all the, all the, the thoughts around plant based and sustainability, and and I think all of those things are awesome and love them, but um, it does add a complexity of like this, like seriousness to the business. And now, I mean, I'm selling my mochi. It's awesome. It's fun. It's disquisitiveness. You know, it's super fun flavors, handheld snacks. We do have a plant-based component. We have three vegan flavors that we offer and we'll continue to strive towards sustainability and things like that. So I get to, I get to play a part of that, which I think is really neat. And I get to do what I've always wanted to do, Tony, which is build a food service business from the ground up in what I deem is the right way. We've had this conversation before. I know you've had other conversations and companies were just like, hey, come on in and we want you to be the VP, the director, the manager, and the the door knocker, right? They wanted you to do it all. And you're like, right. that's going to take years, right? So this company is obviously giving you a little more uh, funding, I think. Yeah, I think the, the the point is is that there's a couple different ways to approach it. But the way I've seen it in the past is a lot of retail companies, and we talked about this with uh, with Matt from Rooted Food Sales. A lot of retail companies, they approach me or they approach somebody and they say, well, we're thinking about getting into food service. And for me, that's like a non-starter. Like if, you, if you're thinking about it, then that means that you don't really have the funding to do it and you don't want to support it. Uh, whereas with this company – they really took a methodical approach of building out their retail business first, then the mass business, then the club business, making that really healthy and saying, okay, what's our next great adventure? Food service. Let's invest in it. Let's make sure we set it up for success, bring in the right people, bring in the right you know, support structure to really go do it the right way. Recognizing that it's going to take a little bit of time, but when you invest in it, you can move it a lot faster. Well, these are just great. I first found these when we were, I think it was at um, Whole Foods. I think my daughter introduced me to these things. Probably at somewhere like uh, like like Target or something like that. I mean, we're pretty mainstream. Yeah, no, it's totally mainstream. But I mean, yeah. this the idea of this delicious dough covered with powdered, is that powdered sugar, powdered something? No, it's, it's just rice flour. It keeps the, oh, dough, rice from, flour. It okay, keeps okay. the dough from sticking to everything because the, uh, the, the dough is pretty sticky. So this idea of, you know, building it the right way, I think it's also you kind of wanted to get a, you know, make a move away from something, as you said, that was just so serious. I think that's what's happened in this marketplace. It's gotten 
so serious and everyone is jumping into it. I heard a lot of feedback from Expo West. Companies were showcasing products that literally were maybe 10%, 20% plant-based. And they were saying, yeah, hey, exactly. check out these plant-based foods. And it was like, wait, that's, what are you doing? That's ridiculous. Total greenwash or plant washing. Yeah, right. Greenwashing. Um, yeah, I think that I wasn't at Expo West. I heard I heard a lot about it. It was like every single item at Expo West was plant-based. Uh, I, I laugh because I go to like the grocery store and I see on the shelves and it shows like sparkling water and it says plant-based, gluten-free. <laughs> no kidding, right? And so I, I don't know. I think it's I think we've gone a bit too far. <laughs> well, so you're building your team out the right way or you're building business the right way. So for those who are just in retail, people who are listening and now they're like, okay, we know we should be in food service. What do you have a couple, two, three, four ideas, building block ideas that a retail company should use to really make a, a strong run at food service? Absolutely. I think first and foremost, you need to have your product ready. I know that sounds... What does that mean? It sounds obvious, but a lot of people try to take their food, their retail product and shove it into food service in the same package, the same format. And I'm talking back of the house or in, in more of a retail environment as well. Uh, what, what you use in retail doesn't always work in food service. You've got to kind of tailor it towards the food service business. So make sure your product's right. Um, and you've got to understand the whole landscape. So you need somebody, whether it be somebody that you hire full time or at least a consultant initially to come in and really explain to you how the food service business works. It's totally different. I think, again, we touched on it a little bit in our Rooted Foods, Food we Sales did. conversation with Matt, but just get your mind around what it's going to take and then look at, okay, what are the segments we want to go after and really have build out a team that can go attack it. And when you look at the different segments, you've got to put a strategy together that's different for each one. So if you want to look at college and university, what what are the trade journals that I want to promote in? What does a sample kit look like? What does uh, you know? Who are what are some of the trade shows we want to do? How are we going to approach this business holistically, and what's that going to cost? Uh, and recognize that you're going to have to deficit spend a little bit, right? Yeah, what was that? That's what, what they've got to be ready for. That's what, what you got to be ready that, for. That's the biggest thing is you've yeah. got to be healthy enough in your business financially to invest. And you're going to have to hire people and you're going to have to pay them well because they're going to have to go out and pioneer the business for you. It's going to take a little bit. It's going to be a lot of work. But if you invest in the promotion of the product the right way in the right segments, you can make a big impact quickly. So getting the right product, getting the right segment strategy, the right people, and then really honing in on the big operators that are going to drive your distribution. That's it. It's not rocket science. It's food. It's pretty simple. Uh, but I think people look at the food service business and it's really big and really complex, but it's not difficult once you once you kind of know what you're doing. Well, like you said, you have to kind of pick your your partners, your operators. Otherwise, you're going to be going after each and every individual restaurant chain. That's totally inefficient. There's just way too many of those to, to go after. What, right. what, why, is, um, why do you think it's just more lucrative or better margins versus retail groceries? Is it just because it's – it's a product that you use back of house has to be handled and prepared. It's just, it lends itself to a greater margin. It just depends. I think that when you get into the retail environment, um, there's a lot more promotional dollars behind it, but I will say that a lot of people get into food service thinking that it's going to be a cash cow. But once you become mature, you start to whittle away at your margin because you're starting to pay your brokers. You're starting to pay 
marketing dollars to the distributors. You're starting to do more promotionals, you know, ad dollars, things like that. So I think you need to be aware of it. But again, you need to bring in somebody that understands all these things and is savvy about them to really take a financial look at the business. And I think a, a big thing that happens is people will hire one person in the West region and they want them to pay for themselves in the first three months. Like that, that, that could no. happen, but that's not, uh, that's not, that's, I mean, that's maybe like, if you have a Rolodex and you walk in and just, well, and I think that I think, and I think that a lot of people, there's a lot of salespeople, we're salespeople. Like a lot of people go out there and they say, well, I know so-and-so and I know this person. There's a difference between knowing them and getting them to buy your product and respect you, right? And so having a like a quote unquote Rolodex, you just dated yourself, by the way. Um, versus oh, a, oh, how well. yeah. <laughs> Touche. I mean, maybe maybe you could you even use an Excel file, you know, <laughs> the contact list. You know um, what? We're going to, this is over. This is done. I thought we were going to have a friendly conversation and this is it. You've turned, you've turned against me. Rolodex, come on. That's, that's a, that's I a think it's, universal I think it's phrase. Yeah, I thank you. Thank you for letting me bail out of that one. I'll give you that. But, um, but I think it, it's still difficult to just come in and make a big impact just by knowing people. You still have to have all the support ready. Uh, the product ready, whether it's going to be front of the house, like a retail item or back of the house, you're going to need recipes. You know, you need all the materials ready to go to equip your team. And if you don't hire the right people and you don't hire senior enough people initially to to, do, to basically help you build all this out, uh, that's going to be a challenge. And then expecting the senior person to do all that while they're still out selling is, is kind of foolhardy as well. That's what I was saying earlier about yeah. you having to, you know, work the entire org chart. Let's, I want to shift a little bit. There's a lot going on, obviously, with talk about food shortages, inflation. I mean, inflation rates are going through the roof, and all you food manufacturers are just dealing with this all the time, right? Um, yep. How do you, and you're obviously then having to budget. And consumers now they go into the store. We always had to pay a little bit more for natural and for good, for, you know, good for you. And now everything's just getting more and more expensive. Um, I'm just kind of curious what conversations are you hearing companies have about? holding the price steady as long as you can. I mean, eventually the dominoes are going to fall. I mean, the, the interest, I mean, our, yeah. it's, it's insane. Well, I think uh, there's a couple of schools of thought and it used to be, we used to talk about it in product development um, as you whittle away product features to keep the price at a, at a good point, you sl you slice away that salami slowly. And then eventually you're like, wait a minute, I've only got half a salami left. I think when you look at the pricing scenario, it might go the other direction, it, which I, what I mean is there's people that try to hold, they try to hold. And then all of a sudden, bam, they hit you with this massive price increase. Um, that can be a little bit shocking, I think, to the consumer for for a lot of people but um so yeah, what school I, of thought could just be kind of a gradual kind of incremental yeah yeah rather than um, hold 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 and then double i mean look i i i haven't lived through this massive inflationary time during my career really so um, this is new not, for a lot of us honestly i mean depending on the numbers you read it's anywhere from nine percent to twenty percent i mean it's yeah it's which insane. It, I mean, not to get into economic policy and everything, but I think if you if you don't increase prices over the course of 15 to 20 years, it's going to happen eventually and you're going to get a big shock, uh, which I think people are getting right now. You can't just sit there and, and really expect things to be the way they are. But I will say that now I see a lot of things about companies shrinking package size. Getting, this has been going on forever. <laughs> yeah. Like I, we're still those people that eat cereal. Okay. And that's, you know, 
the the front of the box looks absolutely the same. Then you pick it up and it's like it's an it's an inch, it's two inches, right? <laughs> you start squeezing it, you know, it's like three inches down there. Um, no, I mean the, the pressure's real on the manufacturers. No, the pressure's real on the manufacturer to try to deliver, and unfortunately, the consumers don't care, um, right? They, they, I think we've all gotten a little bit spoiled, but it's it's real. It's happening everywhere. Fortunately. I think the retailers really understand it. On the food service side, the distributors understand it. Uh, the contract management companies understand it. We're all kind of, we've all kind of wrapped ourselves, our arms around each other in the food industry and said, well, we've kind of all got to do this together because it's happening. It's real. And that's what I was saying. I mean, that's like you can only hold for so long, but it's going to have to expand. You know, I think this is also where if your company has the ability to do this and depending on the kind of products you're buying, you know, do some commodity buying and you can lock in contracts. And we see that in, in the airlines industry, right? They buy contracts, they kind of lock in rates. So they know they've got a rate. And I'm look, I'm not an expert in the ag space. So I don't know how much you can do that with flour and wheat. You probably can, you probably buy commodities. That might be one way that they can combat this, but eventually, um, <laughs> those contract you're going to you're going to outrun the length of those contracts. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's other things you have to consider as well which has become long lead times from overseas buying. Uh you know, we've got pressure on wheat right now from what's going on over in Ukraine and Russia. So I think I think you know, you have to almost reevaluate your business and look at it and say where am I where am I sourcing this stuff from? And is it better to pay a little bit more for something that I can get <laughs> or not be able to pay for something I can't get at all? Yeah. So interesting. Um, now, th- I could really date myself if I told you I actually subscribe to a newspaper. Do you know what a newspaper is? That yeah, is, I, I actually like newspapers. So, so it's a digital newspaper. Thank you. Hmm. Um, there is a one weekly publication if it ever if it makes it out on time. But anyway, I was reading something this morning. And it says um, the headline was uh, global food shortage, but local farms stand despite global challenges. So growth of victory gardens providing for people fed up with global food shortages and drought. And hmm. I mean, for those of us, I mean, we go to you know we're very aware of um, farmers markets. We've not forgotten about them, but I think a lot of people have. I mean, that is literally one way to to get around this is to go local. And I know well, it's it's hard with you can't supply everything local, but look, you've got all these farms and growers. Just go try to get local as much as you can. Yeah, which I think I think a lot of people would understand. Don't understand. Well, let me talk about two things. One, geographically, it could be a problem. Like I'm fortunate. I live in Southern California. I have a farmers market that I can go to every day of the week. Literally, oh, uh, but every I day of the week. Well, we, ours is only all kind of Saturdays. Well, we, I mean, I can get, yeah, there's one in each beach community, like, you know, every you know, day. Are we going to get into your beach? I don't want no, to, you know, I was what? trying to We're avoid gonna... it, but you, but you acted so surprised. <laughs> but what, well, I will say this what I find hilarious, okay, what I find hilarious is when you see people that don't usually go to the farmer's market and they look at the apples. This is a side note that I think you'll find funny. They actually have a sign up because the apples look dirty. And right, they, they're like the, the signs that these are real apples. This is what they look like. They don't <laughs> come from Argentina and have been waxed and waxed. Have for three months. Oh my <laughs> god! People have no idea. Literally, go talk to the farmers. Go talk to the people who are selling their products, and you're going to find out what you're eating in the grocery store is crap. Well, or the fact that they don't have certain vegetables available certain times of year. 
Like that blows people's minds. They're like, what do you mean? Sprouts has it. I'm like, well, okay. They, they have a bigger supply chain than, than Frank's family farm, you know? But I think that, I think it, this is putting more and more awareness on local, smaller. And I like that. I think that's a good thing. I think, I think it's, uh, and it's hopefully people are seeing the benefits of it. It brings people together from a community standpoint. Uh, I think that, you know, there's, there's a lot of good that can be derived from some of the bad that's happened over the past couple of years. There's so much negative press that keeps coming out against plant-based foods and plant-based diets. I think a lot of the stuff that I read, honestly, I think they're like hit pieces against paid, these guys. Paid for, paid for by the egg <laughs> business council. <laughs> literally paid <laughs> for by the beef industry. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I literally feel like you they- got, You got to read the fine print. Yeah, you really do. I probably need to go down and, and scroll a little further through this. Yeah. I mean, they just keep hammering this industry. You know what? The Here's how I look at that news. I kind of feel like when you're taking flack, you're over the target. Yeah, hundred percent. Like when you're when you're really making waves, people are talking about it, and they're coming after you when you're at the top. I think it makes a lot of sense. I think there's a lot of negative press that comes out about earnings reports for public companies. Oh yes. And what's hilarious about that is most people don't realize that all they're doing is they're they're beating up the stock because the people weren't good at planning. That's all it is, right? You have to put in you have to put in a forecast annually and. They're going to look at it and say, did you hit your forecast or not? If you didn't hit it, you're going to take a hit. But that has nothing to do with the product itself and the industry itself. It only has to do with the people that are running that company. It has to do with like four people in the uh, financial planning and analysis uh, group that report. Yeah, well, and even, yeah, and even, the people, even the salespeople that are saying this is what we think our goal is. And well, you do you make it or you don't. But, well, that's true. They are having to get that information from the from you guys. Yeah, but 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 still, it's it's like, but it has nothing to do with the state of the plant based industry when somebody doesn't, you know, meet the needs of the street, so to speak. The plant based industry is super healthy, no pun intended, financially and uh, and for yourself. But Jim Ellis would agree with you too. He would a hundred percent. He absolutely would. He absolutely would. And he's he's we, we had a great episode with him. So you have to go back and listen to that one if you if you didn't. Fermented yes, for, fermented for, mushroom. Fermented mushrooms. Oh, that reminds me. I'm gonna have to um, link a really interesting article. So um, Manatree had a um, like a, a, a health and wellness symposium and they brought all the companies in that they're investing in other potential companies and they put together like a list of like the top 10 things that are, you know, kind of trends that we need to be looking for. And one of them I want to highlight, and I don't know if you've, if you've looked into it at all, but it's the sustainable packaging. Oh, yes. It's to me, this is the one area that we absolutely have to do something better in. I, I can't tell you how many times my, you buy something and you just have, extra plastic thrown in your bag. I mean, yeah. literally unnecessary. Look, Sambazon's a great example of this. They came out with their ready-to-eat bowls and they actually delayed the launch so that they could come out with a 100% plant fiber bowl for their ready-to-eat bowls. And they've launched it now nationally. You know, it's in Walmart. Everything does very well. But they they really were conscientious of making a package that was keeping up with the product that they're producing, which I think is fantastic. It probably costs a little bit more. I don't know. I shouldn't just make that claim, but more time in R&D. I mean, obviously, it's got to be more expensive than just 
buying something from the from the plastic industry. That kind of ties into what I was saying about launching food service, which is if you're going to do things, do it right and do it with intent. Right? right. This is on the sustainability side. That's on building a business side. But I think that ties together rather nicely. If you're going to have to spend a little bit more to do the right thing and you'll probably reap the benefit down the line. Yeah, it's something that I've really wanted to see. I had um, Matt Prindeville on some time ago, and he's the uh, chief solutioner at Upstream. I don't know if you if it, have you do you know this? No, I don't. I just I just I just I love the uh, the that term. It's an awesome name. It's, it's awesome. Totally, I mean, it's like I got to come up with a better name than vice president of food service, vice president of disquishiousness. Maybe I like that. <laughs> yeah, well, no, you should. I've. Uh, um, yeah, I've uh, like you know, like owners and founders will come up with like different titles, like you know, chief Chipotle officer. Yeah, you definitely need something a little little hipper. Yeah, yeah, you definitely need something hipper. But um, he he was talking about the city of tomorrow and this whole new environment of service reuse companies. So you're going to go in to a QSR, you're going to pick up some food. And instead of throwing it away when you're out on the street, there's going to be separate bins and you're going to recycle back into a circular economy. And that's the problem is that circular side. They don't quite have that down yet. They don't have the dishwashing, the cleaning, all that in place yet. But it's coming. I think they – well, I think I think it is. I think they do have it down. They just have to figure out ways to make money at it. There's still that underlying thing that you you know you can do the right thing, but you've got to be able to profit okay. a little bit. Well, okay, so uh, it's kind of like the anchor store. Like right? if you if you have yeah. right, you got to have the monster client that makes it affordable, and then you can go to all the smaller QSRs and restaurants and kind of have them. Yeah, I I love that idea. I love that idea. I mean, there, you see that already a little bit on college campuses. Colleges always lead yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah, we they talk definitely about colleges do all the time. Yeah, but yeah, colleges yeah. lead the way. You know, there's there's colleges that allow that, or they did anyway. They allowed the students to have their own like reusable container they could bring in, fill up with food, take back. The one thing I will say, from a kind of a kind of a, a funny standpoint, is when you talk about this, you know, where do you put your food waste and everything else? It takes like education, man. Every time I go into Whole Foods and eat something, and I see the three bins, I don't know where everything goes. And I'm so, is it, and I feel, and so it's not like just me. I feel like somebody's watching me. So I kind of like, no, like, that's for like, the trash. Like, like I quickly scrape it off into one thing and throw it in the other one and run out the door. You know, it's like, cause I don't, but what I mean is you need to start to educate people on how all this stuff works so that they do it the right way as well. Like they, I think they, they just need to make them into shape. So you have to sit there and work out a geometry problem, you know, and just kind of, I wonder okay. if you were okay with the square peg in the round hole idea. I absolutely not. I just <laughs> pulled the thing apart and forced the piece in. I think that's <laughs> brute force. That's what right. I <laughs> just get it done. I, I listen. I am definitely confused. I think that's why I stopped eating at Whole Foods. It was it was the the exit that was so confusing. It's 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 frightening. You know, you want to do it the right way, but there's really nobody there to show you how to do it. It's a it's a new cottage industry. Are they doing that? And so I don't, I don't have any kids, but do they do that in like K through 12? What exactly? Like the, the whole composting and like separating containers and disposable and all that kind of, do they teach any of that stuff? I don't know if they, they teach it, but that's what was talked about on, on the podcast is that that's where this uh, mm. thinking is happening. Like you said, at the colleges, I don't, and it, they, it does come down. Look, I mean, when you were in grade school, you still returned your tray, you recycled yeah. your tray. It all started, it all started. So yeah, they've got that. Yeah, um, I guess that makes sense. So maybe that's the next frontier for you. New job. And then uh, <clears throat> maybe we'll get into um, 
Nope. nope. Other, no. no, not. We're, no. we're, we're, no. Good thing this isn't a video just, podcast. Just a new, yeah, he just gave me the dirtiest look. <laughs> One of the nicest guys you'll ever meet just shot lasers at me when Keep I pointed. Keep personal life out of it, Tony. When I, personal life out of it. When I pointed to my wedding ring, he looked at me like, <laughs> what are you doing, dude? I have a new job. I've, I've enjoyed life hey, in California. Hey, I got a dog, okay? He's awesome. You've got a really, really cool dog. Uh, pirate? Is that the pirate? We well, have two dogs, right? No, I've won. Pirate, yeah. Pirate. Pirate is great. Yes. So I'm good with that right now. You know? You're good. You get good with the dog. Well, look, I think um as you get into this business a little bit more, I, I do want to follow back up to see how the strategy is working because you did run through a number of ideas for us. Uh you have to choose where you're gonna spend. I know you've made some strategic hires. You've got the company behind you. It would be kind of interesting to find out just, you know, how is it? Yeah. How's yes, it uh, stay, being stay executed? Tuned. Stay tuned for the update. Either either it works and I still have a job, or or I may he's be begging me Tony. to be a co-host. Yes. Hey, I, I, I need a raise. I need to be paid for this. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. How about next time? You know, let let's spread the word. You know, let let's spread the word. You know, if you need a food and beverage headhunter, it's right here. Your answer right is here. It's, it's Tony and join us. That's right. Thank you very yeah. much. That's a that's a great that, that's a great plug. Um, all right, Thaddeus. The, I think the TNT show is is wrapping up. I like it. It was dynamite. It. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> hey, sometimes the obvious ones are mm. the best ones. Sometimes you just kind of just let it sit there on its own. Just let it marinate. Just mm. let it just let it marinate. <laughs> That is, I tell you, I hope our four listeners really enjoyed this one. I enjoyed it. Thanks so much. No, for, this for is, seriously, me no, this, this podcast really is, it is growing. We've got a lot of uh, new growth and viewership and uh, we're beginning to build. What I really want to build is a community where we can all kind of come together and ask questions and pose comments that we want to see kind of answered on the podcast. Because typically it's just executive CEOs, founders, we're here trying to solve the problems and, and uncover it. So um, community is being built. The question is where, because if I say Facebook, not everybody wants to go to Facebook, but that's an easy open forum to get to ever have everyone join in and connect. We're not going to connect on Instagram. Maybe we can ask people who are listening to the podcast to make some suggestions because I am not a social media guy. I can't answer that. Yeah. It'd have to be LinkedIn. It'd, ha- it'd have to be on LinkedIn, a LinkedIn which, page. Which makes sense. This is a professional podcast. That's it. That's the only way because M- most of the time. <sighs> more marination <laughs> this is too bad this wasn't a video we this next time we're going to do this over over youtube i think no that'll be that'll be something that's when our four viewers leave us that's right all right tnt we're signing out thank you for for tuning in this week that is good luck at my mochi is it my mochi is that am i it saying is. it right yeah yep my mochi you got it by the way ever since you started there i i, I told my family and I, my, our freezer is full of these things now. Well, listen, I honestly had no idea how popular this product was. Super popular. Kids. And once once my friends all found out that have kids, I became the coolest guy. Oh, like, since I sell it, it's, it's fantastic. I absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And when those blueberry ones come out, I want some freaking samples. We'll, we'll work on the blueberries for you. Thanks. 
All right, we're out of here. Thanks, guys. All right, thanks, everyone. <laughs>